Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familias Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Aperva Shrivasta, who will be talking with us about her life as a book reviewer. Welcome to the podcast, Aperva. Thank you so much, Dr. Carla. It's my pleasure to be here, and I'm really so grateful for this opportunity. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast, and I'm really curious, how did you, well, before I start asking you about what you do, let me ask you about what makes you, you. That's a very nice uh, question and beautifully put, put it like that. I think just, you know, I always believe in too much, like, you know, always believing in hard work and, you know, just being myself who I am. So yeah, I just take those things forward in my life, be it anything. And I am a UX designer by profession. I work for a company, for a credit card company as a UX designer, where I I design their website, their mobile app and their mobile website. So basically that's my day-to-day life. And other than that, I'm also a book reviewer on Instagram. I have two beautiful girls, Manu and Maha. Uh, Manu is six and Maha is two. And they share a beautiful bond of sisterhood together. And yeah, uh, it's a beautiful family. Uh, so two girls do. Now, Manu and Maha? Yes. Ah, I love those names. I've never heard them before. I like them very much. So, and where, what area do you reside in? I am in Phoenix, Arizona. In Phoenix. Oh, I imagine it's hot there right now. It is. Oh, okay. Now, forgive my lack of knowledge on this, but I, you explained a little bit about a UX designer. What does the U stand for and the X? So it's the user experience. So basically, as soon as you go into a website, be it, be it any website, what are you getting out of it? How usable is the website? How comfortable are you in finishing your task? Is the overall experience, you know, using that website is what comes under that. So we study a lot of customer behaviors and, you know, what customer is looking for, uh, you know, what are the journeys they are taking? So it's very similar to what we do in our day-to-day life and as in motherhood, right? So it, it goes in parallel with you know my complete theory of what I do at work and what I do as a mom so I think yeah I think it's it's very similar role well thank you for what you do I will never think about my user experience and technology without thinking of you now I'll always be wishing (laughs) you were by my side to make my user experience better thank you (laughs) so thank you for putting a face to to why technology can sometimes be so wonderfully easy and sometimes very frustrating. But like you said, it's quite a lot like motherhood, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's a, I think it's a process of, you know, raising your children or raising that process of, you know, providing them with protection and care to ensure that you have a healthy development environment altogether and, you know, bringing out that positive learning in them. So I think that's important. 
I really love that you're starting off with that, the importance of connection and care, because that that attunement, that connection of really seeing the child and we can, you know, I part of me is wanting to go back and saying, isn't that, you know, also amazing with business, right? When you really connect with people and are attuned to their needs, you get there's a lot more natural success and gratification, but just keeping it with the family, absolutely those elements of being connected to your child's needs and then really caring about them as individuals, that's really the essence of parenting, isn't it? It is. And we do learn as a parent as well, uh, you know, things like how do you communicate effectively? How do you being responsible? And then, you know, providing them, your children with new experiences, managing your own stress at the same time and expressing love and affection. And I think, you know, just being their biggest cheerleaders is all about parenting and all these intricacies of raising a child. I love, yes, I love that piece that you said about being your child's biggest cheerleader. That is a big part of parenting these days in a world that's very unpredictable, stressful, confusing, that being the child's advocate or or cheerleader is really important. It is. Yeah, I completely believe in that. You know, having a kind heart and having that compassion in your hearts is like really important factor. So in your work as a as a book reviewer, what do you what makes you want to review of all things in the world children's books? And I understand you like to review books for babies, toddlers and essentially up to first grade age six right around there. What drew you to that, Aperva? So when I had my first child, Manu, she's six now, she really started early on, I wouldn't say reading, but then, you know, flipping pages of a book when she was like three months old. And I see that sparkle in her eyes as soon as she's like around books. So I thought that is something that she's like really interested in. And we always, you know, um, intrigued and encouraged her with different books and different things. And I think whenever she was around books, she had this thing like imagination. And, you know, she was always being so conscious with like reading and learning more with me. So I just started that, you know, just reading with her more and just giving it more space and time and my energy towards that thing. Uh, When we were reading together, it created that special bond between us. And I wanted to take a little bit further. So I was just, you know, I was just taking her pictures, reading videos of her reading and just putting them on Instagram. And, you know, some of the publication companies reached out, hey, that you have a very unique Instagram account where you are connecting with other people, other parents and children. Would you like to review our books? And I was like, I'm more than happy to. The more books, the better it is, uh, because we definitely believe in the power of reading. And I'm so fascinated to see this valuable trait naturally emerge in our family. So I'm like, I I was always in for it. And that really started my Instagram. I really love that story, how something that you were just doing naturally got attention and allowed you to do more of what you naturally love to do and spread the word about children's books. That's beautiful. So I have a question for you. When you look at children's books and you're talking about reading with little Manu and how it was bonding, what 
where does that come from, that sense of bonding, mother to child, father to child bonding? From some people might say you can bond over reading a book, but of course you and I know a little bit that that's a little deeper than that. Where? What do you think? Where's that bonding piece come from? I think reading in itself creates that bonding, as you said, and I think it's really important. You you can really like read aloud or, you know, let them read on their own if they are a little elder. But then I think when you are reading with them, you're creating your own world and really, you know, it's significantly, I think, benefit your child's brain and yours as well. And I think, you know, you can see that wire, but then it really goes from your child to your brain. And then I think naturally it prepares them for their academic success. I am stunned by the way you put that. I absolutely love it that you are creating your own world when you're reading with a child. I absolutely love that. I'm just seeing this sort of bubble with mom and baby in it. And you, you captured it perfectly. I never thought about it exactly that way before. But that's, you know, isn't that just a beautiful way to look, look at it? That no matter the child's age, when you're reading with them, you have created sort of a bubble, a cocoon, your own world, where the two of you are exploring whatever's in the book together. You're on an adventure in your own yes. world. It is. Oh. It is. And it brings so much joy in doing that because you can get creative with reading, right? You imagine things, you solve things and you ask for questions and it's overall very beautiful. And, you know, we, we completely love it. And my younger one now, Maha, is two. And she has, you know, she, she sits in her uh, own space where she has like a bookshelf and she just flip pages read aloud to me and she wants me to repeat every single word she reads it's definitely I wouldn't say that's easy it's tiring at the same time but then we see what kind of exploration ability she's developing and how her brain is getting continuous development through that I think it's really important and we do it like every single day without any breaks it, it brings me so much joy to say that and thank you for acknowledging. I really appreciate when you just chirped, um, chirped up and said, you know, it's tiring. It's tiring because sometimes we don't, ex we're hard on ourselves as parents when we say, oh, I'm exhausted and I should want to read with my child right now, but it does take energy. I'm really tired. And so you acknowledging that and saying it is joyful, but sometimes it is tiring. And especially when you're talking about a little Maha wanting every word repeated that she says, it does take a lot of not just cognitive energy, but also, you know, emotional energy to tune into a child that way. I was about to bring this point, emotional energy. It is so important. And as you said, it's it's not always, you know, sunshine and roses with them. Of course, we get tired. We are busy in our day-to-day -day jobs. And then I think screen is one thing, which is, you know, setting limits. And it's, it's, it's nonstop there in our lives and we can't avoid it at all. But then, you know, I think reading is one way where you can express your love, your affection, your gratitude and you're given that opportunity that you can read it to them. I think it's like we should be like really grateful to that and, you know, keep keep just developing that habit little by little, even if it is like five minutes, 10 minutes, I think it's more than enough. And when you see that smile on their face when you're together and, you know, not busy in your phones or, you know, doing other things and ignoring them, I think it's it's blissful. Thank you for 
offering that piece about five to 10 minutes can be enough. Because I think sometimes parents, we get a little hard on ourselves and we say, oh, if I can't carve out a half hour, an hour, right, I'm not doing well enough. And so you, as a mom of two and a book reviewer and a UX expert, you think that five to 10 minutes of reading can make a difference in a child's life. I completely believe that because I see how fascinated they get when they read. Uh, and I think you carry all these traits throughout your life. You, you carry them far into adulthood and it builds a very strong foundation on, you know, how you think and how you explore things and how do you, you know, your ability to solve problems, finding joy in your work and, you know, just being creative and, you know, being curious. I think that's, that's all the important things that I can think of while I read with my child. And that makes sense. I really love that you bring up the problem solving piece too, that of course, reading your, you are, as you say, you're creating that joy. You're also engendering creative energy. You're really making a space for curiosity and asking questions. Mom, what about this? Mom, what about that? Dad, what about this? But also problem solving. So let's dive into that a little bit. How can, especially, you know, we're thinking, we're looking at toddlers books, babies books. How can they learn problem solving at that age? I think there are so many factors to that. Like, uh, you know, in, in books, you you'd see things that teaches about you say biology or science but then when you integrate practical life along with that I think that's that's really important and then that's basically you know takes your child to take ownership of whatever they're reading into and spend their times you know outside the book and really looking forward to what they're doing in their day-to-day -day lives and then integrating them together. Yeah and that makes sense and just looping back a little bit on a, in a different direction with the problem solving. Let's imagine a children's book and we're reading to a four-year-old about diversity on some level and the, and the child's in the book, their skin color is different from the child's skin. So how could we use a situation like that to do some problem solving, even at that very young level? I think it's that's a very good point and a very good example that you brought here. I think it's it's very important to see how your kids react to certain things and then how do they carry themselves with confidence because that's important. And then with this specific example, as they read, I think it's important for you as a parent to, you know, begin the conversation, like, what are these characters like, you know, or what are they doing in this book? Or what are, what are, what do you think, you know, how they are talking to each other or what's the story like where it is moving forward. And then ask them if you are like one of them, how do you, how do you basically place yourself in the situation and mm -hmm. how do you, you know, uh, inspire persistence and able ability to solve the problems that's been there. So. And that makes sense. So you do a lot of question asking and in essence, asking the child to start looking at what it's like to have some empathy. Yes. I think empathy and compassion is, is a thing that we really, really put more emphasis on because, you know, and not, not just towards, you know, human beings, but all the living things that we have around, because I think that's really important for you to have that compassion in your heart toward other, towards other people. And, um, you know, just 
you know, small things can make a difference. Usage of your words and, you know, showing your feelings and how do you feel emotionally and, you know, how do you act socially? So I think these all things are like really important. And that makes, again, you're just making so much sense for, for me as, you know, a human and I'm sure for our listeners about how we can take these small moments from this five to 10 to 15 minutes uh, with a child and really make them teachable moments, connective moments, no matter what the subject of the book is. It is about, you know, modeling healthy, loving behavior and really just tuning into that child and you make it, I mean, you make it easy when you approach yeah. it that way yeah and then just being in that space with them is really important because as human beings and living in this age we are too distracted by so many things right notification on our phones if you're sitting by our laptop then you know emails and stuff like that I think just being in that moment present with them and not thinking about anything else and just giving that undivided attention is like really important Thank you. My goodness. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. And I know you said earlier about, wait, when you're with the child and not having the screen times, not having something else going on. I absolutely agree with you that whether we're with a child or, you know, an adult, when we put the technology aside, don't try to multitask and really focus on that other person, in this case, reading with the child and be immersed in it for five, 10, you know, even 15 minutes. The quality of the interaction goes up exp exponentially, doesn't it? It does. It does. We also encourage a lot of unstructured playtime too. And just, you know, just daydream about being anybody like being an astronaut or being a firefighter. So I think, you know, uh, we, you know, we as parents are, as I said, uh, we are the biggest cheerleaders of our children. And there are a lot of things which goes into a into parenting and we're learning at the same time but just being there with them is the most important thing without you know without the intervention of technology as you said absolutely and i and when you talk about being the child's cheerleader right which we talked about you know just a little bit ago and we add on the that we have the opportunity and the responsibility i might argue to be a good role model right when you yeah. sit down with that child and say i'm yours for this space of time and we're going to be in this little bubble together of imagination and learning and curiosity do you do you see that your children thrive when you model for them really being attuned and all in to that interaction when you're modeling it for them? It is beautiful and they do thrive a lot because as children, they are very observant what we do as adults and they are, they're always seeing us and they're always drawing conclusions on, you know, how, what, what is our behavior. So as part of that, we recently started this in our family. We do like in the morning for just two, three minutes, we do like a daily affirmations. And we started with, you know, us being parents saying that to our child. Okay. So what is the affirmation of the day? You know, it could be anything. I can say kind things. I'll be positive throughout the day. I will not be mean. And, you know, just practicing few things like that would be would be a good start, I would say. And now our six-year-old is so much into it that as soon as we get up in the morning, the first thing she said or asked is, 
what is the daily affirmation for the day? So I think, you know, if you model that behavior in front of them, they are very observant and they're very curious. You know, it, it expands their imagination. It, it just basically opens an extraordinary world to, to them. I 100% agree with you because their little brains are absorbing every single thing that their parents are doing and they're they're taking note of whether we're walking our talk or not. That is true. They yeah, I'm I'm 100% sure they weave clouds to make stories and you know they always they have a brain where they can wonder, right? So why not why not be model for them? to display what that world is like and you know how how does it how how it is so beautiful so mm, thank you for that now i have another question for you let's dive a little bit more into the piece about you being a book reviewer what do you think makes a really great children's book oh a lot of things i think first the story the characters that you bring in what is the story depicting and also you know the ups and downs really because there's not a story i would say or imagine that wouldn't have a down and then how do you shine up and you know brings out a moral out of that so i think there are important things um you know that a story has so i think all those milestones are like really important in a in a story mm. and what do you think about, is there something that makes books better in certain age ranges? So is there something that might make a toddler's book really, really special as opposed to a book for a six-year-old? Yeah, I think there is a difference. Uh, when you really start with like babies, they they see black and white and they do not see like all the colors. So I would definitely encourage because when Manu was like six year old, they were they weren't like a lot of books which were just black and white. And we started really with that. As she grew older, we moved on to the touch and feel, and you know, uh, books with just you know big words or like for example, a sheep says "baba." Just that is enough for them to just you know see that repeatedly repeat it you know and act act like it maybe uh, and then as they grow older of course the story base changes from time to time and age to age and then you know with my six-year-old now and I'm reading like beyond her level but then um, uh, you know there are different kind of traits that definitely brings in in the story, which is like more interesting. Um, it could be illustration. It could be just the story in, in itself. So, you know, and what is the author trying to say? And we we definitely, you know, as I said, uh, they dream and, you know, put our own thoughts together. So yeah, that's, that's important too. And one of the, one of the example that I would really like to quote here is when I was pregnant with my second child, me and Manu, the elder one, we were just laying on our bed in one summer afternoon and we were just talking about, you know, babies and this wonderful thought came in, like how, how do babies really get into this world and, you know, what does they, they think about? So I wrote and I wrote a book and it's it's in my draft. It's not, you know, published yet or in the process now, but it's about, you know, how does a baby's child or brain works? So. Oh, that sounds beautiful. <laughs> so here it just started from this natural conversation with your first daughter while you're waiting for daughter number two to come along. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope to see that on bookshelves soon. <laughs> 
I do too. It's, it it's one of my dreams to get that out. So, so that these conversations that bond between your children and yourself, you wouldn't even know how far along that can go because, you know, it, it's not, it, it's not only uh, for you, but for them too, that they can do and achieve so many things by just, you know, being with you and thinking out loud and giving that environment to them that, you know, that, and expecting that, you know, it, it, it could be, it could be just anything. I think in overall, you're just raising a very confident child. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. A child who grows up with attuned parents generally has really good self-confidence, high self-esteem, to be clear. So, well, my goodness, thank you so much. Aperva, can you, any other highlights you'd like to share with us? I think I, I I said about my book, that is one of the highlight and that is one of the things which I really, really wanted to shine in and come, come forward with that. Another important thing that I think I would want to bring out is also believing in uh, Montessori changed my life. Uh, so we do like a lot of Montessori education mm. for both my daughters. And then I think I truly believe in how it ignites your imagination through creative play and gets and, you know, develops that exploration ability uh, through daily, you know, work and chores that you do in your life. So I think that's very important important factor too. So if I hear you, you know, at Familius, there are, we have 10 habits of a healthy family, loving together, playing together, learning, working, talking, healing, reading, eating, laughing, giving together. It sounds as if we could add another one that says being imaginative together. Yes, I think that's that's an encouragement. And, you know, it, it is a very powerful thing that we can do to our children. Just imagine, right? There is no fear in imagining things. Let them imagine, let them wonder, let them ask questions, let them be curious. You know, we go out on summer days to just, you know, do things like hunt insects or just lay down in the grass and look at the clouds and just imagine things. I think imagination is such a beautiful and such a strong power that, you know, you can give it to your children and they'll be curious throughout their life. Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful note to end our time together on. I would like to to rephrase that or, or restate it. What a strong power to have the gift of imagination and to pass that on to your children. I just love that when you think of imagination as a superpower. Mm, that's a yummy. That is yummy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that is beautiful. So thank you, Aperva, so much for your time today. Where can our listeners find you? They can find me on Instagram. We go by always a storybook because we are always reading and yeah i'm i'm trying my best to raise passionate kind tiny people uh they'll be big one day and i can't wait for that day and yeah i'm super grateful for this opportunity dr carla uh, thank you for your time and you know just talking to me it feels so great trust oh, me it's so lovely could you do me a favor aperva and for our listeners and for me spell out your ig account so we're sure our listeners have it it's always a storybook a l w a y s a storybook s t o r y b o o k 
always a storybook that's where you'll find a perva on instagram always a storybook thank you so much a perva so lovely to spend time with you. And as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familia's Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familia's content, be sure to visit us at Familia's.com, where you will find our Habit Hub blog, as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It has been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, 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 as only you can do. Mm-hmm.